Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. We've been in a great series called Rooms to Grow. You guys been enjoying this series? It's been fantastic. Pastor Mike's been doing a great job. We talked about the living room the first week. Everybody loves the living room, right? And that's where you hang out, watch the ball game, get to hang out with your family and friends. And we talked about the kitchen. We all love to eat. Amen, everybody? Love to eat. And then last week, did a great job talking about the garage and for Father's Day, celebrating the dads. And today, I get the privilege of talking about everyone's favorite room in the house, the laundry room, everyone. I knew you were thinking it, weren't you? So why don't you check, check out the screen as we go into the laundry room. Our creative team has done such a great job making these videos for us, and we're heading in to the favorite room of the house. I mean, when I said laundry room, your stomach just kind of sank. You're thinking about your own laundry room. But check this laundry room out. I mean, this looks nothing like your laundry room. I mean, just all beautiful and hardly any dirty clothes. My laundry room looks like it gave birth to clothes everywhere. It's just... It's a terrible situation. We got a serve shirt up. We love to serve. Amen, everybody. We got Doug Musso playing the flute, everyone. Y'all didn't know he was a talented flutist or however you say it. I don't know. But uh, today we're talking about the laundry room. And one thing I've learned about the laundry room is that conflict in your home can happen from this room. When I got married, I learned very quickly there's a right way. There's a wrong way of doing laundry. I didn't know that. You know, my mom, I'm embarrassed to say this, but she, she washed my laundry growing all the way up. And when I got to college, um, I started washing my laundry. I know it was a big step. And all I knew was, is you take the basket of dirty clothes and you throw it in the washer. It don't matter what's in there. If it's jeans, if it's towels, if it's a t-shirt, if whatever, you just throw it in there. How many of you know that if you do that and you're married and you place your wife's clothes in something that's not supposed to be mixed with, you're going to have some conflict in your home. (laughs) Fellas, I'm helping you out here today because I washed a number of shirts. I didn't know that were supposed to be hung dry. You're supposed to hang them up. Did y'all know that? Air dry, right? Something like that. And I didn't hang them up and I washed them. They came out and they were, they were like the size for my two-year-old, these small little shirts. And I didn't know anything about stain treating your clothes. Y'all know that. Y'all looking at me like y'all don't know either. Maybe we get along real well. But there's like, you got a stain on it. You can't just depend on the washing machine to get the stain out. You got to find the stains. You got to squirt this stuff or scrub this stuff. And it's amazing what it'll do. It's like the blood of Jesus just erases everything (laughs) in your life. And I didn't do that. I just threw everything in and Bethany's stuff would be stained. I didn't care if my stuff was stained, but she cared if her stuff was stained. And then we had kids. And that's when my blood pressure started to rise because we had a lot of them. We have four of them. Y'all pray for us. And one thing that is always crazy is the laundry. And I'm blown away because my kids will wear something for like 20 minutes and and decide to change their wardrobe for the day. Like, who are you trying to impress? (laughs) Henry across the street, he don't care. Then they'll change their clothes and instead of putting them back in the drawer or hanging them up, they just throw them in the dirty clothes. I come to the end of the week and I'm a washing machine now, man, I get it done. I come to the end of the week and there are just baskets of dirty clothes everywhere and I find my spirit enter into a dark place. 
Is anybody with me this morning? But you know, the thing is, is that unfortunately, conflict is part of life. Even in your home, conflict will take place. At your workplace, if you deal with people, you are going to face conflict. And I wanna talk to you today from a passage of scripture in 1 Samuel, where this might be one of the most intense family conflicts of all time. And I've titled this message, if you're taking notes, if you're not, just remember it, as I'll say it a lot, is put the spear down. Put the spear down. Let's pick up in 1 Samuel, and just a little context before I read it, starting in verse 19, chapter 19, is that Saul is the king of Israel. And David has been called to be king, but he's not king yet. And David has been serving Saul. He's been faithful to Saul. But Saul has this growing hate towards his son-in-law. David has married his daughter. He's part of the family. And Saul hates David. David is a threat to Saul in Saul's eyes. And Saul can't stand him. I don't want you to see what takes place. Heated conflict. 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 9 and 10 says this. But one day when Saul was sitting at home with spear in hand. Can we just stop right there? This is a red flag. Where is he sitting? Home, okay, we smart bunch here. He's sitting at home. He's not on the battlefield. He's not at war. He's sitting in his recliner at home. He doesn't have coffee in hand, sweet tea in hand, a sandwich in hand, or a remote control in hand. This guy has a spear in his hand. I mean, this guy's a little crazy. He's got a spear in his hand. He's the most protected man in all of Israel. He's the king. He has soldiers who fight for him. He has bodyguards. But he is so undone that he is sitting within the confines of his own home with a spear in his hands. Can I tell you this morning, get the spear out of your house. Get the spear out of your life because the only thing the spear does is kill and destroy. Let's pick up and see what happens. It says this, the tormenting spirit from the Lord suddenly came upon him again as David played his harp. David's just picking and grinning for Saul, just playing the harp. It's like Doug Musso showing up at your house, just playing the guitar, singing a nice jingle, just helping your life out a little bit. But watch what Saul does. Saul hurled his spear at David, but David dodged out of the way. And leaving the spear struck in the wall, he fled and escaped into the night. Put the spear down. I wanna to talk to you about three things today. The first is this, the reason. Then we'll look at the response and finally the release, the reason. So it's so interesting to me that, that David, all he has ever done was good. All he ever did for Saul was help Saul out. He supported Saul. He fought Saul's battles. He defended Saul. 
He advanced the territory that Saul was over. Remember the story of David and Goliath where not one person in all Israel would fight the giant, including Saul himself. And who stepped up to fight the the giant? It was David and David only. He defeated the giant. He marries his his daughter. He, He helps Saul. Even when Saul has this tormenting spirit come on him, this is interesting, David would come into his house and he'd play his harp. And the Bible talks about how the spirit of God would fall and Saul would be tormented by the, this evil spirit. But when David played, the spirit of God fell and peace would usher into the home. Joy would usher into the home and Saul would be relieved. But yet Saul hates David. He can't stand David because David has had success in every single area of his life. Let me give you a little warning in life. Sometimes people will hate the blessings that are on you. The blessings that follow you, they will despise because it will become a threat to them if they're not in right position in relationship with God. And Saul hated David and he had become a professional spear thrower. Too often, even among Christians, We have become professional spear throwers. I wish somebody would help me today a little bit. I know that's not really an amen moment because we don't want to be that. But nevertheless, too often we become professional spear throwers. You say, man, what are you talking about? I've never thrown a spear. I've never had a spear thrown at me. Maybe not literally, but figuratively you have. You've had it thrown at you by words that people speak to you. Things that people do to you. Malicious ways that individual attacks you. Anybody been attacked by somebody in here before? Emotionally, spiritually, physically, attacks happen all the time. And Saul had become a professional at throwing spears at people. In fact, he threw spears twice at David trying to kill him. Once at his own son, Jonathan, trying to kill him. Saul had some issues. But I promise you this, if you keep a spear near you, you're going to pick that spear up. If you live by the spear, you're going to start throwing that spear to anything and anyone that's a threat to you. But the question is, why did Saul do this? What's the reason? When you face conflict in your own life, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your friendships, you got to step back a little bit and say, why is this happening like this? Because what we're good at is identifying the symptom, aren't we? Saul, it's easy to say, well, Saul, he was just a, he was just an angry guy. Man, he's just angry all the time. He just had an anger problem. Anger was a symptom, but it was not the root problem for Saul. Anger is what came out of him, but he had a root problem that needed to be dug out of his heart. Saul despised David so much. David was a threat to him. In fact, there was this popular song in Israel that went a little something like this. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And the women would sing this and Saul would get so angry at this song because if you do not celebrate someone's success, you'll become a critic of everything that they do. If you can't celebrate someone's wins, you'll become critical of every single victory in their life. And he hated this song. It makes me think about Pastor Chris Pamelia. Y'all love Pastor Chris Pamelia, our men's pastor, leads weekend teams. I love this guy. Pastor Chris Pamelia does not appreciate my country music that I love. Any country music fans in the house today? Eight o'clock, there was no one. But you guys 
are with me. I know Ascension and Denim Springs got some country music fans there. Hey, that was my kind of people. I, I love Travis Tritt, Alan Jackson, George Strait. Oh, don't get me going. I love country music. I'll play country music. We'll be driving down the street with Chris, and he'll be in the truck with me. I'll start playing it. He says, Pastor Dave, you're killing me. I was like, man, how do you not like this? I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Just... <laughs> Ease in my soul. We work out sometimes together, and obviously he's a little bit more physically fit than me. I don't know if you can tell, but we'll work out, and I need all the advantage I can get, so I'm like, play the country music. It just depletes his soul. He can't handle it. Gives me a little bit of an advantage. It's kryptonite to him. But Saul hated the songs being sung in Israel. He hated the influence and the elevation and the popularity of David, his own family member. I mean, that's messed up. He hated his own family member, but the question is, why did he hate it? I'm in a small group with some guys and we've been meeting for, my goodness, probably six, seven years. And there's this one guy in there. He's one of my favorite people. His name's Valentino. And he is full-blooded Italian. And Valentino's like the, the Yoda of the group. He's just got like great wisdom, like Rafiki and Yoda. He just, is just flows with wisdom. And it's a very transparent group. And people will just share what they're going through, share their feelings, share where they're at. I mean, it is, it is just wide open. And people will be in there and somebody will be saying, hey, I'm just, I'm so mad about this situation. I'm, I'm upset with my spouse or I'm upset with my child. I'm, I'm so angry about this. And, and Valentino will just be sitting there and he'll just stop. And he'll just say, perhaps you should ask yourself, why? And they look at him and they're like, what are you talking about, why? I just told you what they did. I just told you what was said. And he says, but why are you so angry at them? And what he's doing is, he's saying, hey, don't look at just what's on the surface. Dig a little deeper underneath. Because what we are notorious for doing when we become spear throwers, and I promise you, there's more Saul in us than we want to admit. I know we want to be David in this story, but we can be pretty darn good at throwing spears at other people. And God says, I don't want to just address the symptom of your anger or this emotional position you're in. I want to address what's going on deep inside of your heart. And the problem with Saul was not David. David had come become the target, but David was not the problem. Saul had a heart problem. He had an issue on the inside and we want to put band-aids on things that need surgery. And I'm telling you, there's a physician that if you allow him, he'll do some surgery in your life. He'll change some things about you. He'll bring some life and joy and peace and passion in your life that you cannot conjure up yourself. What's the real issue with what you're fighting about? And sometimes me and Bethany get in fights. That's my wife. And man, we'll fight. I know Pastor Mike says they have intense fellowship. We have straight up fights. How many of y'all still working on your sanctification? Pastor Mike probably like speaks the word of God when they fight. Just like it's written. I don't know. That was funny. I'm like, you said. <laughs> I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about fleshly things. But it's amazing. You'll start fighting. You'll be mad. You'll be upset. And that's with friendships. It's with coworkers. There's all these people. And you just get all fired up. And you don't even know why you're mad. There's something going on underneath. And Saul had a heart problem. 
He didn't just have a spear-throwing problem. It started right here. And the words that you say don't just start right here. They start right here. And if you don't address the root issue, then the symptom will never change. And you say, what you mean, man? I don't, I don't throw spears. If you're speaking words of death over people, you should be speaking words of life over. You are throwing spears, my friend. And I'm telling you, come on, y'all can clap a little better than that. I'm telling you. Too many of us, we got spears in every room in our house. And we just waiting. We get home, we just waiting to throw some spears. Some of us, we got spears in our cars, just waiting to throw some spears. I dare you to cut me off. I'm going to throw some spears at you. We got spears at our desk at work. They might be little, but they're there. We got spears everywhere. Here, there, everywhere. Spears are there. Put it down. Put down the spear. Speak words of life. Speak words of hope. Say, man, I don't know how to put it down. I promise you this. If you'll start picking this up a little bit, you'll start putting down the spear. You start getting this word in you. It has a way of transforming the way you see people, even people who've done you wrong, even people who mistreated you. It will start to do a work on the inside out in your life. I promise you this. If you start getting on your face a little bit more and praying to God, it's not a clock. I'm 30 y'all with me today. I'm preaching my heart out up here. You get down on your face, the Holy Spirit will start to work on the inside of you like only he can do. Don't be a spear thrower. Saul had some issues. But once you start throwing spears, it's hard to put it down. Get to the root problem. Second thing is this. The reason, number one, number two is the response. I love what David did. Let me just be quick with this. David, the spear is thrown at him and he doesn't just stand there and say, well, I guess I just had it coming. He's the king. He's the most powerful man. He's strong. He's big. He's thrown. I'm just going to take the spear. No. What did David do? He had cat-like reflexes. He dodged the spear and not only did he dodge it, he ran out of the room. I like that. I like that. Because sometimes as Christians, we think, oh, if someone's throwing a spear at me, I just gotta, I just gotta take it. Man, I just gonna just take this criticism, take this hate, take this abuse. Can I tell you something? God has not called you to be a doormat. He's not called you to be a doormat on people's issues. Now, has he called us to love people? Absolutely. Even love our enemies? Absolutely. But that does not mean that you don't set up healthy boundaries in your life. Don't just take abuse continually. Well, it's Saul. I don't care. He's the king. I don't care. David dodged it and he ran. Can I talk to some people who are dating in here for a moment? If you are dating somebody and you see spear-like tendencies in their life, it's amazing how much credit we can give ourselves sometimes. I'm just going to change him. <laughs> the Lord's going to work and Pastor Mike's going to preach a sermon and he's going to change him. And, and yeah, God can, but you can't. 
And I'm telling you, listen to me, listen to me. If he throws spears now, whoo, he gonna really throw spears later. Am I preaching to anybody in here? If she's throwing spears now, she gonna throw spears later. Run, my friend. That's some wisdom right now. If you don't get anything else out of this, you dating somebody as a spear thrower, run like Forrest Gump, my friend. Get yourself out of there. Don't hang around. I'm gonna change him. No, you're not. Only God can. And don't do that through a trial run of getting married to him. You run, you run, you run. Don't be a spear thrower. Do not be a spear thrower. David, he, he, he dodged a spear. He ran away. And then I love this. This is, this is, this is great. David didn't take the spear out of the wall and throw it back at him. How many of you might not be an initiator spear thrower, but man, you are pretty good at a reactionary spear thrower. That's my kind of people right there. I might not throw a spear at you, but Lord have mercy, you throw a spear at me. It's on. And I like this about David because David was good at everything. Some people are like, oh no, David, he was a slingshot guy. He used a slingshot. That was his weapon of choice. It might've been, but I promise you this, he could throw a spear too if he wanted to. He could have pinned Saul against that wall. He could have taken it out of the wall and thrown it right back at him. But I love that David did not react, he responded. It's a big difference. When you react, I promise you every single time you will react in your flesh. And if your spirit gets messed up, you'll become a professional spirit thrower yourself. But when you respond through the Holy Spirit, you will not take that spear and throw it back. Because I promise you, no one wins when spears start throwing back and forth. There's no victor. There's no champion when that happens. It made me think about my grandmother. I told this a couple years ago. It was too good not to share again. Her name was Helen Shell, but we called her Mama. And she came to visit us in Birmingham. We were living there and she was close to 80. And Mama was not the greatest driver at the time. And so she went out and she went driving, ran an errand. She came back and she was distraught. She's like, oh, David, it was terrible. I said, Mama, what happened? She goes, I was driving and I, I think I cut someone off. I thought, I bet you did cut somebody off. There ain't no thinking about that. <laughs> I think I cut someone off and they started honking at me. She said, honking. Started honking at me. She came, they came right beside me and they, they shot me the bird. I don't know if you're allowed to say that in church, but I just did, everybody. Shot me the bird. I said, oh my goodness, Mama, what in the world? What did you do, Mama? And she said, well, I got so upset with them that I tried to shoot the bird back. But she said, this is the God honest story, true. She said, but I couldn't remember what finger it was. <laughs> she goes on and says, so I gave them all five. <laughs> Don't be leaving this parking lot to give, giving people all five on the way out. Your flesh will give them all five every time. Your flesh will pick up the spear every single time. Do not pick up the spear. I love this, Romans chapter 12, verse 21, it says this, don't let evil conquer you. Do not let evil conquer you. In other words, what does this mean? Don't let someone else's issues become your own issues. The thing that you despise about them becomes something that you are yourself. 
I'm telling you, when you get some spirits thrown at you by people who are supposed to love you, it's hard not to throw it back because they're supposed to protect you. They're supposed to be there for you. They're supposed to support you, encourage you, be your biggest fan. And they're throwing spears like the father-in-law was. It's hard not to throw it back. The Bible says, do not be overcome. Do not be conquered by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. Do good. Y'all getting something out of this today? Final thing is this, is the release. The release. We talked about the reason, the response, and finally the release. We're gonna look at 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse seven through 11. Years have passed. David has fled Saul. He's left his home. He's running for his life. He's living in caves from one cave to the next, one territory to the next. Terrible nights of sleep. Horrific time. And now Saul has dispatched 3,000 soldiers to go after him and to kill him, to put an end to his life. And so here David is, and he is hiding, and Saul sends his army, and David says, let's go down to their camp. So it says, starting in verse 11 of 1 Samuel chapter 26, so David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep. Watch this with his spear stuck in the ground beside his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying asleep around him. Listen what Abishai says to him. God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time. Abishai whispered to David, let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't need to strike him twice. How many of you like Abishai in this story? Man, he's gonna take him out for you. I can be this way. With people I love, I can have good intentions. Somebody hurts someone I love, I get a little Abishai spirit come up in me. Oh, I'll take them out. Let's take them out. And I love what David says. No, David said, don't kill him. For who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord. Somebody say the Lord. Surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday. Oh, he'll die of old age or in battle. For the Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed, but take his spear and take that jug of water beside his head and let's get out of here. What a test. Years of pain. Some of you in this room, you've been walking through pain by things people have said and things people have done to you for years. One thing I've learned about pain is you can't forget it. I wish you could. And I guarantee you there wasn't one day that passed as David's on the run and hiding in caves and just trying to survive that he didn't think about that spear that was thrown at him. And think about King Saul and his animosity towards him. And here the scene is set. Here he's asleep. The man who tried to kill him twice and is trying to kill him right now is asleep. He's a hard sleeper, snoring. And a spear, perhaps the same spear that was thrown at him years before was by his head. And old Abishai, says, hey, I got a great idea. Let me take that spear 
and thrust it into Saul. If it was me, I'd be like, Abishai, I like this plan. You do what you got to do. But David says, far be it from me. I will not take up the spear. I will not throw that spear, or you will not throw that spear. Because I'm not a spear thrower. David, in that moment, the emotions that were evoked, I can't even imagine, released something that day. He released something. And many of us in this room, we've been hurt. And even as I'm sharing right now, you're thinking of words and people, there's faces that you see. And you can't unsee those faces. But I'm telling you today, God is speaking to you, not me, God. It's time to release some things. It's time to let go of bitterness. Let go of offense. Let go of unforgiveness. Because if you allow those things to take root in your heart, and I know it's hard not to, you will pick up the spear every single time. Because those things will start talking to you. And you might not have an Abishiah, but you got a flesh. And you got other voices in your life that they might have good intentions, but the direction is not God's way. And David said, I will not pick up the spear. You know, my kids, they, they're into like animal shows right now. And my oldest son, Elijah, he loves animals. And he's, he's into watching these shows about Burmese pythons. I hate snakes. Anybody else hate snakes in here? Ooh, you like snakes, something's up. I don't like snakes. And he's like, dad, come watch this. And I'm like, no, but I will. And I go watch it with him. And these Burmese pythons have been taken from Asia as pets. And people in Florida have released them into the Everglades. And this is what's happening. These Burmese pythons that are not intended to be in the Everglades are killing the ecosystem of the Everglades. And they're killing off all the native animals that are supposed to be there because it's an, it's an animal that's not supposed to be in that territory. And these things get huge. They get up to like 20 feet long and they're, they're thick. And you might be like, oh, they're not poisonous, but they're a restrictor. And they take their prey and they wrap around them. They even kill alligators. I mean, these things are so strong. And this is what the Lord showed me. I felt it so strong as I prepare. And too many of us allow the python of unforgiveness, the python of bitterness, and an offense in our life. And this is what starts to happen. It starts choking out the things that God wants to place in you, the things that God has for you. And I know it's hard. I know it's difficult to release someone or to release this emotion of anger and hate. But I'm telling you today, release it in the name of Jesus. Because if you don't, it will become a root. And if you have something in your hands, you will not be able to receive what God has for you. And I love that David said, I refuse to pick up the spear. The amazing thing is, is he knew that God was big enough to fight his battles for him. I'm talking, 
He knew that God was bigger than Abishai who wanted to spear that man into the ground. He was bigger than any adversary or foe. He was bigger than Saul himself. Can I tell you, you have a God who stands on your side, who is mighty in power, mighty in strength, mighty in compassion towards you. Let God fight your battles. Come on, give him praise if you received that this morning. Let him fight them. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.